Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. We got some work to do. This is the Advanced Scout with Tom Offerman and Matt Williamson. The 4-2 Steelers, coming off a win in Los Angeles, now stare down the barrel of a three-game homestand, starting with what I think, Matt's the toughest opponent on paper in that stretch, the 5-2 Jaguars. Jags have yet to lose a road game this year. They played twice in London, though. And they're currently on a four-game winning streak after their 31-24 win over the Saints last Thursday night, a game that was played on October 19th. So they get the mini-bye yeah, coming yeah, into yeah. Pittsburgh. And what's strange about their schedule, and I don't know if this is good, bad, or ugly for the Steelers, they get that mini buy, Steelers, and then a real buy. So there's like 25 days or whatever. They only play one game. I mean, does that help the Steelers? It hurts Steelers. I have no idea. But I mean, I think that's an interesting little quirk. Between October 20th and November 11th, they play one single one game, and this game. is it. And then they actually take on the Niners on November 12th after okay. that stretch. After so buy. if you're gonna pick a team in the NFL to have to play after all that time off. Yeah. Probably it's the San Francisco 49ers. But the Jags are playing well. I don't think they're getting them at a good time. 100%. Yeah. Uh, Jags have a point differential of plus 27. The Steelers sit at minus 24 and have played one fewer game than Jacksonville. Before we get into the series history and the offense and the defense, Matt, something that you've been pumping uh, in the early days of the week here as we record this on Tuesday is turnover differential for the Steelers. Yeah. They're great in it. They're plus six in yeah. the traditional sense of turnover differential. They are. But if you dig a little bit deeper, they're actually double. Yes. So I actually wrote this article for DK Sports this week, too, about the fine line, the margins. I mean, there's a couple little things like Steelers have been good with penalty differential. You know, like they get about 15 yards in bonus uh, yardage through penalties so far this year. Just so happens Jacksonville's really good at that. Just so happens Jacksonville's really good with turnover differential (laughs) as well. They're really, really good, actually. But where you were going with this, I think, is interesting is – I do this, and I learned this from smarter football people than me, but a missed field goal or a missed fourth down opportunity is really the same as a turnover. I mean, people might be like, nah, not exactly, Williamson. Well, listen, hear me out. If if Pickett throws the ball 40 yards downfield, it's picked off, and that dude is tackled, why is that worse than if – they go for it on fourth down, and he's stopped at the line of scrimmage, and you hand the ball to him at midfield or whatever. Or even worse, you miss a long field goal, or a short one, but a long one is even more prevalent because it's in the middle of the field, right. and you're seven yards back behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, if Pickett is sacked seven yards behind the line <laughs> of scrimmage on third down, and the ball pops out, and a defensive lineman falls on it, that's a turnover. But if he, on third down instead, throws an incompletion, and then they kick the field goal, and it's it's off, you know, not between the uprights. What's the difference? There, there is no isn't difference, any, man. right? There's no difference at all. So, the Steelers have been very. They're plus six in turnover differential, normal turnover differential, but they're plus three in fourth down conversions this year. They've made three more fourth down conversions than their opponents. opponents yes, they've also made three more field goals than their opponent. Boswell's perfect. The opponents, as we saw against the Rams, have missed three field goals. Well, that's huge. I mean, it's the same as a turnover. So in that way of looking at it, they're plus 12, you know, which 
frankly, is one of the hidden reasons why they have a winning record right now, <laughs> is what I'm saying. It's probably at the top of my list yeah, of reasons why exactly. they have a winning record right now, because it's really hard to find reasons why yes. they're 4-2, but that yes. is something that kind of hits you right in the face. Yes. If they're plus 12 in turnover differential, including the missed Through field goals and the turnover and downs, that's amazing. Two a game is unbelievable. Yes, that's amazing. Yes. And in, in this article, I wrote exactly that, and then I followed it by... I, Every other major category, the opponents have been better than better the Steelers. Steelers you know, yes. Yardage, points, you know, yards per game or yards per play, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But they're still four and two. Well, that's why. Last note on that. There is some luck because it's not like the Steelers are better than thirty one other teams at making the opponent miss field goals. Right. They haven't they haven't blocked a field goal this year. Mayor just there did is, a lot of heavy lifting last week and Yes. They're good at making them. There's a skill to that. Boswell, yes. But the fact that three have been missed against you, which isn't an insane number. It's just your differential's good. But there is skill involved in getting off the field on fourth down yes. or converting a fourth down no doubt. and keeping the football. But so. nine out of ten times, you have nothing to do with whether the opponent made a field goal or not. Right, right. You know? It's all on them. Yeah, yeah. But, hey, you'll take self-inflicted wounds But that's why they're week. at. Yeah, yeah. you gotta, you got to take be on top of that stuff. Serious history between these two teams. Jacksonville and the Carolina Panthers both entered the NFL in the 1993 season, including two playoff games. The Jags have taken on Pittsburgh 27 times, and Jacksonville has won 14 of those contests overall, as well as both of the postseason games, each of which took place in Pittsburgh. Steelers do have a two-game winning streak with the last matchup favoring Pittsburgh 27-3 on the road in 2020. The Jags had a four-game winning streak between 2005 and their 2008 playoff win. There's also a stretch between 98 and 2001 in which Jacksonville was 5-1 and one against the Steelers. There's not many teams in the NFL, Matt, that can boast that kind of track record against the Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers. And lo and behold, one of them came into the league in 1993, the year before I was even born. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, you probably don't even remember when these two teams were in a division no, together. Nope. I mean, they were a very good rivalry. Brunel, Coughlin, Fred Taylor. They were a very good expansion team. And that's why they changed, changed the expansion rules. As Carolina and Jacksonville kind of had it too good, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, they, they got were the, in they were conference at, championship games and Super Bowls before you even knew it. Yeah, yeah. They, their, their form of team building worked out quite well for them. Well, the Jags come into Akershur at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Let's take a look at the Jags' offense to start things out. It averages 5.1 yards per play. It's 14th in yards per game at 336. It's 9th in points per game, so they do a fair bit of scoring. Mm -hmm. 24 points per game. Uh, the Jags have 10 giveaways, but 7 of them are fumbles. Uh, only the Texans have thrown fewer interceptions than Jacksonville, but only the Vikings have lost more fumbles. And you mentioned before the show, you know, at the beginning, Trevor Lawrence was kind of hurt a little bit with receivers dropping passes. The drop passes, the fumbles. Really bad early. I think this applies to both the Jags and the Vikings. That many fumbles early on in a season, there's a little bit of flukiness to that. They'll no correct, question. Both teams will correct that. Yes, that's another thing. I just talked about field goal luck. There's a fumble luck factor, too. Like, history shows. Well, Matt, just starting to interrupt, but how unlucky are the Jags and the Vikings that their own player didn't just jump on one of those footballs either. That's that can what I happen mean. too. Like it just fall right in your lap. Yes. That's what fumble luck really is, is once somebody fumbles the football, who recovers it's usually 50 50. Oh, and a if you go scrum, yeah. yeah. And if you go through the course of the year and you recover one out of 15, chances are the next year you'll get closer to 500. You know, balances out. Only seven offenses pass the football at a lower percentage of their snaps than Jacksonville, so they are a run-heavy team. Uh, Jacksonville is scoring the sixth most points on average in the second half of games this year, so just like the Steelers turning on in the second half, the Jags' offense as well. 
uh, turns things on. So it could be fireworks show between the Steelers and the Jags come the fourth quarter. Maybe like a 28-point between the two fourth quarter. Maybe. Maybe just kind of hold on, stick around and watch the whole thing, you know? Uh, Jags offense converts a set of downs into a new set of downs 70% of the time. It's about league average. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steelers defense is 11th best in this metric on getting off the field. And the Jags average depth of target is 6.89 yards downfield is the fifth lowest in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, a lot of get it out quick. Yeah. Yes. And um, Trevor Lawrence, EPA per play is 19th amongst quarterbacks. That's not very That attractive. surprises me. And frankly, it doesn't pass a sniff test. I mean, I think he's played much better than that, but their red zone stuff hasn't been awesome. And frankly, I think he's a top 10 quarterback already. I do, too. He's 11th in yards. He has eight touchdowns. He only has three interceptions this season. He completes 67.4% of his passes so far on the year. He has 200 rushing yards as well, Matt. I think that's a wrinkle to this game where he can scramble and he can hurt you with his legs. I remember when Clemson played Ohio State in the playoff and Lawrence goes out for a run, a scramble. It's Mm -hmm. a designed run. And he's just out running safeties from Ohio State. And that's that first moment where I'm sitting at the bar and I'm kind of like, there's something more than just the golden arm with this kid. He, and it's he Ohio State. Run Ohio State. State. The yeah, safety's yeah, yeah. going to be in the NFL next year, and he's yes. just doing the Tyreek Hill peace sign at the <laughs> sidelines. Like It was very impressive to see back then, and it's yes. translated to the NFL. You're 100% right. I mean, he's 6'6", and you know he, he's the guys like him, that body type, usually aren't as twitchy as him because he can kind of like pick it, too. I mean, the, uh, an underrated pa- aspect of both those guys is when they decide to run, it's now. You know I mean? Yep. They, they can really go. No and then he starts about that. No. Like, acceleration, yeah. zero to 100. Yep. Yeah. And then he starts opening those strides, and it's like, wow, he's fast. You know, he can get to the corner. And remember, was it last year that Herbert just kept – every time they play man coverage, he'd take 10 yards and slide? Thank you. Was yes. that Yeah. I mean, I you got to so. be careful with that with Lawrence, too, because he's a better runner than Herbert. Interesting point, and you don't really ever think to spy a guy like that. I mean, yeah, yeah. it'll hurt you Makes with your tough. arm if you do something uh, to that, if you overextend yourself to stopping his rushing aspect. But the eight touchdowns is a little bit surprising so far uh, for him because you said the sniff test. He passes it with mm-hmm. flying colors. I mean, Tomlin even said in his press conference today, I mean, he's the number one overall pick. Like, it, it any year all he comes checks out. out. Yeah, like yeah, he yeah. is at the top of the prospect board, like yeah. you said, any single year. And he's living up to it. So what's the touchdown thing? Is that bad luck? Is that something you expect to explode soon? Or they're just getting enough on the ground? They don't need him to throw touchdowns. This is a young quarterback thing, and we've obviously seen it with Pickett, especially his rookie year. But it's been a big Lawrence thing, too. It's taken him a little while to adjust to the speed in the red zone. I mean, his okay to excuse him, his rookie year was a total wash with that coaching situation. So really, he was a rookie almost. It's honestly year. a miracle they didn't ruin the game. Exactly. exactly. Jacksonville should be counting their blessings that Peterson came yes. in and fixed that real fast. But you'll notice, even still, he's not excelling in the red zone. And it's right. just a young quarterback thing. They've also had a lot of drops and his a good supporting cast, but they've let him down more than you would think this year, too. And I think that's kind of fluky when I think mm-hmm. about the receivers that they have. They'll be fine. Um, yeah. It's pretty top-heavy, though, as far as that receiving room is concerned. You got three big threats. Kirk and Ridley yes. as the wide receivers, and then Evan Ingram as the tight end. Then you'll get some of ETN out of the backfield mm-hmm. as well. Uh, Kirk has 474 yards receiving. That's the most on the team. Ridley has 368 Angram is 346, and then Etienne has 196, and then their next guy is like 90. Yeah. So like, those are the only guys you really have to worry about, those three and then a little bit of Etienne out of the backfield. And Zay Jones has been hurt. He would be the fifth, but he's a distant fifth in my opinion. Ingram's when he's healthy, you think you see that much of a, a difference in not really. the distribution? No. no, not really. 
Um, Ingram's a really good player. He was for, former first round pick that's kind of been reborn with the Jags. They're giving him good money. Um, what's interesting though is I think most people, and it, I'm not saying it's not true, look at Ridley as their number one, and he was awesome in week one, but he's only had one good game since. I mean, he's week doing, two to week six, he averages 44.5 yards per game. Yeah. He has 19 catches in six games. Yeah. And he had a 100 yard game in that stretch, too. So there's a lot of like 30 yard games, 20 yard games. So he's been kind of disappointing. But Christian Kirk, and this Follow. is going back to last yeah. year, because I remember the narrative last year when he signed, I can't believe the Jags overpaid for Christian mm-hmm. Kirk. They paid way too much money for that guy. He might be outperforming that contract. Yeah, now. it's so definitely worth they, it. Maybe it's a deal now. Yeah, people don't realize how expensive receivers are, for one thing. But he's a very solid number two receiver. Tough, thick, you know, plays out of the slot, too. Good player. I, we agree, though, that Ridley and Kirk are, are threats, for sure, yeah. in the passing game. and. Steelers haven't done well with threats in the no. passing game. Uh, after Puka Nakua caught eight passes for 154 yards, the combination of Brandon Ayuk, Amari Cooper, Devontae Adams, Nico Collins, Zay Flowers, and now Nakua have combined to catch 48 passes for 786 yards against the Steelers this year. A wide receiver facing the Steelers has caught at least five passes for at least 73 yards in all six games. Mm-hmm. They did limit Cooper Cup last week, so credit to where credit's due. A two catches for 29 yards. Could have been like four catches for 60 yards. Yeah. Cup could have held on to the ball. That was the worst output in a game Cup started and finished since 2020. So that's great. You can pat yourself on the back all yeah. you want about Cup, but I'm looking over there at Puka Nakua's is 154 yards. And, and all the other games. What the hell happened there? Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I'm you're more... a daily DK player, DraftKings, pick a receiver going up against the Steelers. You'll get one at least of them 25 will probably points. do really well. Yeah. yeah, one of them will probably do really well. Last week was kind of odd to me in that whole equation because I really think after watching the tape, the whole goal was don't let Cooper Cup or Aaron Donald beat you, and they accomplished that, and it worked. So good good coaching, and they won the game. Um, But it's yet another week in a row where one receiver blows up, and that's too much of a trend. In the running game, we mentioned that the Jags love to run the football. Um, Ravens and Giants have a higher quarterback scramble rate, but that's it. Trevor Lawrence has run on 8.2% of his design passes. Um, other than Lawrence's improvisation, it's all ETN. I yeah, mean, yeah. the other own, guys don't. Aren't, he's a don't even register. Yeah. Uh, they took Tank Bigsby in the third round this year. They don't even need to use him at all. No, it shocks me. Five hundred and four rushing yards through seven games for ETN. That's four hundred fifty nine more yards than any other Jacksonville running back. Um, Not even close. He's a whole show, and he's playing great. Seventy two total rushing yards from backs other than ETN. Yeah. Um, Steeler fans. There's obviously the dynamic between Harris and ETN as to where they were drafted oh, in their right, draft right. class. ETN yeah. won pick right after Harris. And I know ETN missed his rookie season due to injury, but in the past two seasons, he's looked a lot better than Yes, Harris. and he's really hit his stride. I mean, this is by far the best he's played. And it's been a while, but yards after contact for the Steeler defense isn't good against running backs because of the McCaffrey run, the Ford run. Mm-hmm. But this guy's faster than them. I mean, oh, McCaffrey good. can fly. I mean, but I mean, he's a potential home run guy for sure. Complete package as a back too. He can he's break a little some, smaller, but yeah, so f- won't really overwhelm you physically. He's more of an agile kind of guy. Yeah, mess with his speed. I'm a little shocked start. he's getting the workload he is at his size okay. and his style. But he's developed quite a bit as a pass receiver. You've mentioned, you know, his production there. And he's on the field a lot, and he's doing the goal line work. He's an every down dude. Stays in to block at all, or is he mostly out to catch passes? Um. A little of both. I mean, because Ingram's capable of doing it. He's capable of both. I mean, yeah. 
Uh, the Jags allowed 2.3 sacks per game. Lawrence wasn't sacked last week. How's that offensive line look? Uh, Rams offensive line did a decent job yeah. against the Steelers' pass rush. Uh, really good second-half adjustments from the Steelers defensively to still yep. make some plays, T.J. Watt's interception most notably, against that neutralization of their pass rush. Well, what about Jacksonville here? You think they'll have trouble, or you think this could be a Watt-Highsmith uh they wreck the entire I would game. think those two do really, really well. Okay. Um, their O-line's pretty young. I would call it exactly league average. You know, it, it, I don't see a glaring weakness. I don't see a superstar player there. I think it's an average O-line. The key here with that part is, as you said, they run the ball a lot. They've played with a lot of leads. They've had success running the ball. But Lawrence's time to throw is as Un, unusually quick this year. I mean, he's getting the ball out basically faster than any qualified uh, quarterback out there. So he's hard to sack. Maybe they don't trust that line that much. Uh, there's some of that. There's ha- definitely has, some of that. Lawrence yes. is capable of three-step drop, three seconds in the pocket, and let's bomb this ball down the field. Sure. So, but you know, Kirk and Ingram and ATN are quick-hitting type guys. Turning the page to the Jags' defense. That's a defense that allows 5.4 yards per play. It's 18th in points per game allowed with two with 20.9, excuse me, uh, 273 yards per game through the air. They only allow 80 yards on the ground, though, per mm-hmm. game, which is fourth best in the league, and they have 16 total takeaways. So they stop the run, and they take the ball away from you. That's yep. kind of the bread and butter for the Jacksonville defense. Yeah, and I think the best way to look at this D is – Remember, you know, like when they were constructing this team with this coaching staff in front office, you've Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor in your division. Right. You know, I mean, like there's not two bigger, more physical type guys. So the Jags front seven is massive. You know, like Walker, the first overall pick, is huge for an edge player. You know, their defensive tackles are 320. Their linebackers are all giant. So their front seven is a massive group of human beings. The back seven or the secondary, Campbell's a good player, the corner. And other than that, it's just okay. The safeties are fine. Cisco's all right, but they're built over they a give power up a front ton seven. Of yardage through yeah, the air. they do. I mean, that's clearly the, the blueprint to attack the yes. team. Yes, yes, yes. But you got to be tri- careful there because they'll pick you off. So that's been their you know, saving grace. If you get grace. too pass happy, yeah. they're going to take the football away from yeah. you. And um, I don't think their pass rush is great. I mean, yeah, they have 13 sacks this year. Allen's having a really good year. He was a fifth pick Seven overall. Seven of the so. 13 sacks. Yeah. It's yeah, a one-man exactly. show right it's now. It's a one-man show. Walker's disruptive, but he's not a refined pass rusher. Uh, the Jags sacked Derek Carr just once, uh, going all the way back to last Thursday when they played the Saints. Trayvon Walker has two and a half sacks to Josh Allen. Seven, then no one else has more. Um, no one else has more than Trayvon Walker. He's second on the okay. team. What, what's Walker? What's his deal to you right now? First overall pick Raw. in 2022. Yeah. Still not really realizing that full potential yet? No, but he's disruptive. He's very powerful. He's very gifted. Uh, that was not a particularly strong year. Most years, he would not be the first overall pick, to be, to be honest. He'd be in the eighth pick in the draft, something like that. And uh, maybe they should have taken Hutchinson. Who knows? Uh, I'm not saying yeah, he's Hutchinson bad. Looks like he's Hutchinson's the, the better player right has. now. Um, Walker's still a force against the run, though. I mean, again, think of Henry and Taylor and the physicality of their front. He epitomizes that. What about the third guy in that class from that position, Thibodeau, in New York? You think Walker's kind of similar to him? He's about 40 pounds heavier, though. Like, they'll bump Walker inside over guards, things like that. He's got a little more versatility about him. Thibodeau's more of a true speedball off the edge guy. Uh, Steelers have scored zero points on their opening drives of games this year. I don't know if you uh, at home have been able to surmise <laughs> that on your own. but yeah, However, in the good. past two weeks, Pittsburgh has scored a total of 13 points in quarters one through three, 28 points 
in the fourth quarter. Only four teams are producing less first-half points per game than the Steelers, and only the Ravens are allowing fewer first-half points per game than Jacksonville. That's so a key here, right? This ain't that great. No. Looks, if there's a goose egg on the scoreboard first going half into under, the locker room. maybe, for yeah. the Pittsburgh Steelers in this one. Better keep it close. And, you know, we say every week, you know, you want to see him get off to that fast start. This might be one of the worst matches. Well, it's actually the second worst matchup you can have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sure doesn't play out that way. If they can, great, but history doesn't show that that's likely. I look at this, you know, I'm on our lads right now, and I look at the defense, first-round picks and free agent signings. So, I mean, they've really they've know, spent. gone out to spend yeah, money yeah. to fill in the gaps. Yes. Like seeing that from the Jags. So an organization that doesn't always act like good organizations do. Mm-hmm. They got a young quarterback on a cheap deal. Yeah. Let's throw some cash around and make the defense as good as we possibly can. Absolutely. And kind of true on offense, too. Engram wasn't yeah. cheap and Kirk and, you know, they've some offensive linemen are getting paid. But Lawrence is probably next. As far That's as the thing. Is now that's done. I mean, they have cap issues now. They're up against it, and now they're going to have to pay Lawrence soon. So they're done being shoppers. You mentioned the struggles in the secondary. Um, is there any guy out there that stands out to you? Williams, Herndon, Campbell's a good player. Campbell's a, good Campbell's player, a really hurt, good player. So we don't know if we're going to. I don't say. I'm not sure if he's playing. Cisco's um, fun because he flies around the field, but he's a little bit of a harem fire. But guy. you can take advantage of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the secondary. Yeah, absolutely. Let's take a look at some key matchups here before we wrap things up. The first one being the Jags running back Travis Etienne versus Steelers linebackers. Um, Etienne's having a great year. Yeah, he is. There's so many players that are deserving of Offensive Player of the Year recognition. He ain't going to get it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But, you know, certainly if you were to give an award for most impactful running back specifically. Yeah, I mean, like he's a pro bowler. he's going to be a first-team, second-team all-pro yeah. running back, he's got a chance. I know McCaffrey's yeah. probably running away with that first-team one. Mm-hmm. But he's definitely right in the mix for an all-pro season. He's having a easily top five running back yes. season. You know, easily. And no, no Ste- question about Steelers it. Steelers linebackers are better than they have been in they the have last been. few years. Holcomb, I know, got dinged up. Mm-hmm. I was able to return, though, so that's always a pretty good sign that he's going to be able to play. And, um, you know, I'm not trying to make Cole Holcomb out to be Brian Erlacher, Matt, but I, I think he's, he's played really well this year. I like the linebackers in general. They're not a liability. They're much better than they were a year ago. There's some, uh, you know, three-man rotation, Holcomb leading the way. And it's not just on the linebackers, of course. I mean, ATN's going to be an 11-man job. And this final matchup, I'm pretty sure you just put this in here so you could hear me say this guy's name. Uh, Steelers running backs <laughs> versus Jaguars linebacker Fusad Alukan. Is that right? Did I butcher that? I think it's Aluakon. Aluakon. But I definitely that. That sounds say way that. better than what I said. I, if I was yeah. him, I'd want it to be Aluakon. I think that's it. Uh, no I'm disrespect to him for the name butchering. Good player, though. Really and good player. They went and got him in free agency, too. Someone that the... the Steelers need to keep on their radar. Yeah. I know the Jags are really good against the run. They're the fourth best team in the NFL against the run. Steelers have no choice but to try to run the ball as an offense. They can't just spread it out, 11 personnel, and have Kenny throw 50 times. Not going to work. But he's the leader of the defense, a big physical dude as well, runs well. He went to Yale. He's super smart. Yeah, Yeah, he's making good money now and living up to it. I usually don't cite tackles, but he's got a million of them. And I think he led the league in field. Yeah, I think he led the league in tackles last year, too, or was right near there. The Steelers try to get to 5-2 and two as the 5-2 and two Jaguars come to Akershire Stadium. That game is at 1 o'clock on Sunday. All of our coverage starts at 9 a.m. right here on, uh, on DVE. For Matt Williamson, I'm Tom Opferman. Thanks as always for listening. We'll be back again next week with another edition of the Advanced Scout. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.